We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Iron Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, brought to you by Deal Dash. We are brought to you by Manscaped. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, another week of Jim Boylan as the Chicago Bulls head coach, and another week of anyone who's in Boylan's orbit sort of publicly or privately hinting at the fact that this is an absolute joke. Yeah, uh, not too much Bulls news this week. We did get a few uh, articles from Joe Collie, the show sometimes, just kind of hinting at players being upset with that Jim Boylan is still the coach. We got one, the first one was earlier in the week, and we got uh, the title is Bulls players concerned they aren't being heard by the new front office. Uh, and basically just like he didn't get any players on the record here, but just he talked, Cowley talked to some players. Uh, he says one bull tells him that the growing concern is that no player is really being listened to by the organization. Because if you remember, Cowley reported a few months ago that players had gone to the new front office of Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley with complaints about Jim Boylan. Uh, so we had that. And then there was another player. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, he can't really tell if it's the same player, but basically he has one player said it feels like little has changed in the organization. This kind of also just relating to how once the Bulls fired Gar Foreman, they made a few other hires that they brought in that really not much else has changed. Like there's still some holdovers there and, and all that. And the rest of the article kind of has some weird stuff about like uh, Brian Hagen and Steve Weinman and how like they're, they want Boylan to stay because they're like Gar Foreman lackeys and all that stuff. I, I got, that seemed kind of weird, like weird speculation here. I, I have no idea about that stuff, but getting the players, the most interesting stuff to me is the stuff about the players kind of obviously 
making it known about Jim Boylan and how they don't want him to be the head coach. And then we have another article out over the weekend about how teams are looking at Wendell Carter and Larry Markkinen, uh, possibly just doing due diligence, but kind of smelling blood in the water if like these guys want to ask out, if the Bulls are looking to make any big trades with this new front office. Uh, and ag- again, kind of also reiterating how that Mark Carter and Markin not happy with their roles because uh, Wendell Carter obviously is kind of it was kind of an afterthought in the offense. There's also a bit here about Carter wanting to play more power forward, which we kind of talked about. I really don't know if in this NBA like Wendell Carter Jr. is really a power forward. I don't know what think that works, but his general point about not really being used in the offense is obviously true. We've complained about that. We've talked about how he doesn't do enough. They don't take advantage of his playmaking enough. He doesn't shoot enough jumpers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the article also takes some shots at the Bulls analytics department and all that because obviously they kind of went to a more three-point heavy offense this season, uh, which, I mean, I guess I kind of understand the point about, like, I know what Zach Levine, I think there was a quote in season about him talking about, like, mid-range shots, uh, and there was stuff. Uh, I think Laurie Markkinen would like to shoot a few more mid-range, which I understand. Like, I know we're, we we mostly buy into the analytics, analytics and say that, like, more threes, don't take as many mid-range shots. I do think the Bulls might have possibly gone a bit too far in that direction, taking away Zach Levine, shooting mid-range, even though, I mean, he still takes them, maybe not as many as before. And then Laurie Markkinen uh, being more of just kind of a floating around the three-point line instead of doing stuff inside the arc. I totally get it. But, just, again, just the whole, the whole like, I guess, uh, theme of these articles is that players clearly unhappy with Jim Boylan, but yet he is here. He is. Uh, see, the Knicks have already made their hire. They hired Tom Thibodeau. Obviously, the Bulls weren't going to go bring Thibs back, Tibbs back, but the Knicks have already done their coaching search. There was a wide ranging coaching search, and the Bulls are just sitting here with Jim Boylan still as head coach, while players publicly, we Daniel Gafford uh, complaining about it, and now through the media, we have players just complaining about Jim Boylan. I mean, it's 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 just ridiculous. But we, I mean, we hammer the same thing home every week. But I mean. What more can you say? Ricky, yeah, take it like, away. The first thing I want to say on these Cowley articles is Cowley has such a weird anti-analytics agenda. And it's so strange. And it's been going on since back when he was on the White Sox beat more than 10 years ago. I remember when Joe Cowley was writing about the White Sox, he was constantly writing about how like he didn't believe in on-base percentage and about how new baseball statistics ruin the game. He's basically taken that same line of thinking and transferred it over to basketball. So in both of these stories that Cowley wrote over the last week, they're kind of just hit pieces on the analytics department. And <laughs> I thought that like where he was like, you know, the swamp wasn't drained. There's still people around. But then he's like blaming the analytics department, which if you remember from what Darnell Mayberry wrote during the season, it's like one guy who didn't even have two computer monitors. So if you are like ranking all the things that are wrong with the balls, Cowley's putting the analytics department really high, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Like there's probably 400 things to blame for the balls before the analytics department. And in both of these stories, Cowley takes these cheap shots, basically saying, you know, hey, the players didn't like the analytics department, but for whatever reason, like, this has been something Joe Cowley has been, like, really invested in (laughs) as a reporter for, like, almost two decades at this point uh, across multiple sports. So that's the first thing I want to say. And I feel like, you know, Zach's comments on not liking or, like, wanting to shoot more mid-range or whatever, I feel like that was a Cowley story, and he, like, sort of trapped him with that question. So I think all of that is completely ridiculous, and I think that if you were, like, you know, ranking – what ails the Bulls? How about the fact that they still have not only John Paxson, but Jim Paxson? <laughs> I think they still have Doug Collins, right? Like I, I, I heard nothing about that. So, yeah, it seems like it probably. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I do agree with, uh, you know, Cowley 
Some of the things Callie's sort of insinuating or reporting, uh, players suggesting that nothing has changed under Karnaschovas and Eversley. I mean, I, I'm totally on board with that. And until we see Jim Boylan getting fired, uh, I think that, you know, we have to believe that nothing's really changed. We said when Karnaschovas was hired that this guy is getting a fastball down the middle for his first test. It's the easiest first test ever to pass. Just fire Jim Boylan and hire literally anyone. They could have hired any first-time coach, and me and you would have been thrilled, right? And so would the rest of the fan base. It's not like they had to go out and spend big money on an established name at this point of the rebuild. They just had to get literally anyone who wasn't Jim Boylan, and they haven't been able to do that. And there are a lot of signs pointing to the fact that Boylan's going to be the head coach uh, when next season starts for the Bulls, which is just unbelievable. Like We're sitting here at the beginning of August. Dude, if we're still talking about Jim Boylan as the head coach of the Bulls in December, in January, oh my God, man. I don't know how we're going to make it as a podcast or as fans. <laughs> uh, but I did think that, you know, in these two Kali articles, uh, s- some of the things that he was saying, like in terms of, you know, the rebuild, the failing rebuild <laughs> isn't even cold yet. Like, I, I do think that it's probably. Uh, something the Bulls have to think about in terms of making wholesale wholesale changes to the roster. Uh, But one thing Kali writes in here is, uh, first, sources indicate the organization hasn't even crossed the trade bridge. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Arturis Karnaschovas, hasn't even rounded up the entire roster at the Advocate Center for a full workout. So what is Karnaschovas doing exactly? I get that like COVID is interrupting the regular rhythm of the league uh, and throwing a wrench into everything, but like, the Bulls are just totally in a holding pattern right now. They're sort of acting like the season hasn't ended, even though it's obviously ended. You didn't get invited to the bubble, even though the Wizards got invited to the bubble. You only had to be, what, six games behind yep. the eight seed? I mean, just an absolutely pathetic year from the Bull- for the Bulls from any perspective. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're carrying on like the season isn't over, in my opinion. And uh, it's just been it's been really weird and... Uh, hopefully we have some answers on what direction the Bulls are actually going to go in the upcoming weeks is the lottery approaches. The lottery, I believe, is in three weeks. Uh, and then, like, you know, maybe the Bulls will finally realize that, yeah, the clock on this season's over and they have to start making some moves. And I guess maybe they're waiting for the second bubble thing. Like, I mean, it was, that was first reported. I think we talked about that last week, but there really hasn't been much follow-up on that. Like, nothing, at least nothing set in stone. If you remember, just basically, like, uh, possibly, like, workout, like, formal workouts and, like, team cities and then possibly getting together with some of these like delete eight teams and having like group workouts, possibly some scrimmages like that. Nothing really has come of that yet. I think so from some of the reporting, I think out there, like the follow-up was basically just, yeah, it's still being talked about. So like, I guess like you mentioned like the bulls, like treating the season, like it's not over. I, I guess that's kind of what they're doing because of this goofy second bubble or whatever, how many bubbles or whatever the hell they ended up doing, doing here. And like, but still like, it's been talked about like, why wait till then? Like either like make Chris Fleming just like make him interim coach or just go fucking hire a coach right now. And then, I, I guess if they want a coach on like whatever, if it's Udoka or if it's Adrian Griffin, like obviously they're still assistant coaching right now in the playoff or in the in the Orlando bubble, so that maybe complicates a little bit. But you can still whatever start doing your, your search and just have someone be an interim, like whatever, just do that. But instead. It seems like they're they're kind of still treating this as the season's not over yet. That they're going to wait to see if they're going to have these like group practices or some scrimmages uh, with these other terrible bum teams. Like I really have no idea what you're going to learn from that about Jim Boylan, like running some practices and like if they're scrimmaging with like 
like what got G League players or like some of the end of the bench guys. Like, I mean, what are you going to learn from that that you haven't already like learned from watching film and seeing and just like talking to people around the league? I have no idea, but it just it seems like that's how they're treating it. And like you said, it's weird. It is very bulls, uh, and it's just and just it's just very frustrating, it's, especially when you just read stuff about players being annoyed. Like they're annoyed. We're annoyed. Uh, I feel like most of the fan base is annoyed. But here we are still. It is now August. The NBA season has restarted. And we will be talking about that for the uh, the rest of this pod here in a little bit here. But <laughs> this is all happening. And Jim Bowen's still the head coach. And it just, it just doesn't make any sense at all. All right. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Sports are coming back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this, has finally kicked off this week. And there's no better place to start wagering then at our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory to see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 100 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else only has 10 seconds to answer or the item's yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the promo code CASH or dealdash.fm slash cash. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash cash to get this deal from dealdash.com. We are back. Cash Considerations, a Shagables podcast. We're done talking about the Bulls. Let's talk about the rest of the NBA because the NBA is back. Uh, they started, the restart officially happened on, was it Thursday? With We got two great games, too, between the Pelicans and Jazz and then the Lakers and the Clippers. They both came down to the final possession, the final shot. Uh, the Jazz, with a comeback victory, they uh, Brandon Ingram rimmed out a three-pointer at the buzzer, so the Jazz down 16 points at one point, come back and win, and then the Lakers got a last-second last basket from LeBron, and then he deed up on both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and they pulled out a win. Then, obviously, we've gotten games all weekend, games all day. Uh, it's been a lot. I mean, just kind of a lot of fun. It's yesterday, like game started at noon and they went all the way to like 10, 10, 30 central time. Uh, and again, today we had another, we have another, what, five, six games today. Basically the same thing. Uh, just a lot of fun. It's not like a March Madness feel. Just having the games all day. It's really cool. Uh, I guess we can just start with what happened on that, that first day. I, we can just kind of do whatever, some of our random observations. Obviously a big story on that, that restart day was Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Again, they blew that big lead. They looked really good. Uh, and then they just kind of fell apart in the second half. They lose at the very end. But Zion Williamson comes back. He, he he did have to leave the bubble, and he's come back, and he's he's on a very strict minute restriction. He played 15 minutes in that first game. I believe he played a few more in game time. I have to pull up the box score again. But he has not played much. He has not played that well. At least I know the team has been like his plus minus is absolutely terrible. But a lot of controversy in that first game about how uh, Zion did not play in crunch time at all. He don't, and he played these short bursts of like three, four minutes at most. 
uh, Elvin Gentry came out and was like, yeah, that's basically what the medical, medical staff told me to do. Uh, and there was just kind of some blowback because for, as for all we know, like Zion is healthy. He's fine. He was supposedly in like great shape. Uh, I mean, he looked okay out there, I guess. He's obviously just the way he's built. He's just built like a truck and he's huge. And the way he moves around sometimes always, doesn't always look that great. But I mean, in terms of like the alley-oops, like he had some monster dunks. He looked healthy, but still these limited minutes. Uh, it's, and then after, I think it was the next day, like David Griffin came out, kind of apologized for like not being more transparent about what the issues were. And there's basically like, you know, he left the bubble for a couple weeks uh, and like he didn't really get to the ramp up time, like in the scrimmages, like these other guys did. So we're basically treating these first few games like a scrimmage. Uh, I guess, I guess you would kind of understand that in Zion is the future of your franchise. He's already had a knee surgery this year. He's had knee problems in the past. Uh, you want to be as careful as possible. On the other hand, like the Pelicans are like trying to get into the playoffs. Obviously in the second game, they got blown out by the Clippers. So the, the minutes wasn't a big, a big deal there. Uh, it's just, what do you make of the whole handling of the Zion? Like, do you think they're being too careful? Like, obviously we know all about like losing Derrick Rose to whatever the way that the Bulls handled Derrick Rose was screwed up and he got hurt and then he got hurt all the time. And I, the Pelicans, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say there's a thing that is being too cautious, but what do you make of the whole Zion situation here? Because obviously the league hyped him up so much that I think they probably kind of possibly went out of their way to get the Pelicans in this bubble. And right now that's kind of backfiring. Yeah, I mean, especially with as invested as the league was in getting the Pelicans in the bubble to see Zion on a 15-minute minute restriction when he doesn't even have an injury. Uh, on the injury report, he's listed as reconditioning. So it's not like, you know, there's a knee problem or something that's like outwardly bothering him. Uh, so I think it's a little bizarre, but I think Zion's still going to be really good, obviously. Yeah, Offensively, yeah. he's just a monster. I got to say, I'm really disappointed with his defense. His it's defense bad. Horrible. He's like loafing out there. It almost looks like he's playing in slippers with like rocket boosters tied to him because uh, he, he's just like not engaged defensively whatsoever. Like, you know, at Duke, we occasionally saw this player who was like flying all over the place to create steals and blocks and just, you know, make these unbelievable highlight real plays defensively we haven't seen that in the nba yet uh and i'm excited to see that uh you know when he whenever he is like fully healthy fully conditioned and ready to go in the future zion's year two is going to be super awesome i think because especially with the strides ingram made this year i think that like in the scenario where zion stays healthy i think his second year in whatever next season looks like could potentially be real special. Uh, you know, let's just talk about this restart a little bit. Like, you know, I've been paying attention to games. I'm sure you have too. Yep. Uh, is there a team, Jason, that has impressed you the most uh, that maybe you have like a little bit higher opinion of now than you did before the bubble started uh, that you've seen so far? Um, I don't know. I don't want to say like a higher opinion because obviously it's just like one they got teams have basically played what one or two games. Some guys have been, have missed time. Just kind of a weird scenario. But I mean, how can you not be impressed by what the Raptors did to the Lakers yesterday? And then the Thunder also beat the Jazz Utah's ass. So like I mean that just really impressive victories for those teams. And I think and the Raptors, like clearly, I mean, they're they're well coached. Nick Nurse could win coach of the year. I mean, they're basically like I think they might have a better record this like winning percentage wise than they did last year with Kawhi Leonard. Uh their defense is incredible. Uh, they just got a bunch of gamers. You got Siakam and Kyle Lowry, all-star level players. Their role players are great. Again, Nick Nurse is a great coach. For them to go and just beat the Lakers' ass, basically, yeah, super impressive. And then, again, the Thunder. who uh, The Thunder, they trade. They have to trade Paul George. They trade Russell Westbrook. Obviously, they got Chris Paul back. But, I mean, Chris Paul and Steven Adams and, like, a bunch of young guys. They got 
Shea Gildas Alexander, the getting Andre Roberson back, like great, great to see him back on the court because he's been out forever with those. I think it was a knee problem and he just setback after setback. So having him back to help the defense is great. And I think a lot of pe- people probably wrote them off to start the season. They've been one of like the best. They've been they started kind of slow. I mean they've just been on fire for a, a while now. So to come out and get a great debut for them. Uh, I guess I, I got to mention TJ Warren going for 53 points against the Sixers. Obviously, oh, yeah, we're going to go to player next. I just wanted to yeah. see what team okay, yeah. we're impressed with. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll, the Raptors and, uh, and Mavs and, and the Blazers with that that Blazers Grizzlies game was also really fun. So that was obviously just a great game, overtime game. Okay, uh, how about you? Who, I'm going to say you the Heat. In the Heat's only played one game in the bubble. As we record, the Heat are playing in a Monday afternoon game that tips off at noon Central against the Raptors tomorrow. So that's going to be a super fun game because I think right now, kind of my opinion is that the Heat, the Raptors, and the Celtics are all sort of at the same level in the East, being one step behind the Bucks, but like significantly ahead of the rest of the conference. But man, the more I watch the Heat, the Heat are really good. First of all, Butler's just a stud. It's so funny that he picks up exactly where he left off, doesn't even take a three, goes 10 of 11 from the line, totally dominates the game, finishes with 22 points, seven assists, playing de facto point guard. Uh, you know, really good defense, super efficient, great Jimmy Butler game. Uh, and then they just have like some really good shooters around him with Duncan Robinson, who's on the short list of the best shooters in the entire league. In that game, Kelly Olynyk hit four threes. Dude, he was going off. <laughs> yeah, he gives them sort of you know a stretch big man. Uh, Crowder can hit threes out of a catch and shoot. Kendrick Nunn can come in and uh, give him some offense. Tyler Hero. And then you got Bam. Yeah. Bam is a monster. Like if I'm looking at guys in the East who could give Giannis the most problems defensively, the first name I'm looking at, I think is Bam Adebayo because no one can stop Giannis. But if you even have a chance against him, you need someone who is super engaged and intelligent defensively. And then as big as a house, extremely strong and quick on their feet. And Bam checks all those boxes. And Bam has really become one of the best centers in the entire league. Uh, I think of all the young players, he took the biggest leap this season probably out of anyone. And a lot of that was because, you know, the get rid of Whiteside, Bam finally gets a bigger opportunity this year. But in that game against Denver, he totally dominated. His line was 22 points, nine boards, six assists. He was hitting the offensive glass, goes eight to 10 from the foul line. I mean, it was a picture perfect game for what you want out of a modern center. And I'm really liking the Heat. So they're the team that has impressed me the most so far. They've only played one game. Heat Raps is going to be super dope tomorrow. You guys will probably already know the results of that by the time you listen to this podcast, unless you listen to it as soon as it drops. But uh, yeah, and then I want to ask you, like, are, have there been like one player in particular that's really stood out to you so far? Oh, I'm, let me stick on the Heat here. We'll talk about players here in a bit. Uh, about just Jimmy, I, I, do, I wanted to bring up how he tried to do like the no name. I think he, was he said before that he like wanted to do like the no name on the or like nothing on the back of his jersey besides his number, and they like made him change it. Just like a classic goofy Jimmy moment. He also is kind of a strange thing. It's, it looks like he's going to play against the Raptors, but he like had an excuse absence from practice saying like Jay Crowder mentioned something about him being Jimmy being like in quarantine and all that. So that kind of set off like a, some questions like did he like test positive? Did he like have to leave the bubble? It sounds like he's going to play. So it sounds like he's all right. Uh, so, yeah, so the heat. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like if you, like, I I've, was always a fan of Jimmy as goofy as the guy is so, like watching the heat has always been entertaining and like kind of watching him like 
and like wishing that the Bulls like built their team kind of how the Heat of their team have built their team. Just kind of kind of jealous, the, getting all these great stuff from their role guys. I can't believe Duncan Robinson is like as good as he is. Like he was always. I mean, I remember watching him in Michigan. Like he was obviously a good shooter, like a solid player, but college player. But like I never thought he'd come in in the NBA and be like almost best shooter in the league like right off the bat like super super impressive stuff from him so yeah that should be hopefully jimmy does play hopefully everything's all right there so hopefully he is uh good to go for that game because yeah the raptors i mean the raptors obviously also in terms of like going against Giannis, you have guys i mean siakam's obviously great uh marcus smart's probably in that conversation too on the celtics you kind of mentioned the celtics earlier and the celtics had a big win over who was who the hell they had a close against the Blazers and I think that I'm going to bring up the Blazers here in a second before we talk about some players specific players let's take another word from our sponsor this time from Manscaped Support for Cash Considerations is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. If you've ever had any issues grooming down there, obviously you can get nicks and cuts and all that kind of stuff. Definitely not pleasant at all. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I really mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke, that's trademarked, technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud with this intelligently designed stand and its convenient charging dock powered by USB. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. So trim that junk ears and get 20% off and free shipping with the code cash at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code cash at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We are back. Cash Considerations, AHI Bulls Podcast. You asked me about some players that have really stood out. I'd like to give a shout-out to Joseph Nurkic on the Blazers. I know they lost today. Tough loss to the Boston Celtics. But he came back, and I think he has something like 30, 30 points. Obviously, he has not played in forever. Obviously, he did play in the, that first game. First game back, which was an overtime victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. It was a crazy game. Uh, he went for 18 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 blocks in that first game. That big win because they're obviously fighting for the playoffs. Uh, and then... Against in this four point loss to the Celtics today, he had 30 points, 12 of 20 shooting, nine boards, five assists. Notice the assists there, obviously, like acting as a hub of the offense, getting buckets. Great to see Nurkic back out there. He makes just uh, missing them, uh, missing him and Zach Collins all year was obviously super tough on the Blazers. One of the reasons why the record is only 30 and 38 right now, they had to play a lot of Hassan Whiteside, he was at their starting center. Uh, with Nurkic and Collins back, they're deeper, there's better, and having Nurkic there and contributing all these. Uh, in all these areas is great to see for them. I'll also give a shout out to Mello. I'll stay with the Blazers. Mello had a few clutch threes in that Grizzlies game. It looked like the Blazers were, were going to lose that game. Uh, and Mello hit some clutch threes, shot really well. He did not shoot as well in this loss to the Celtics. He only had 13 points, 5 14 shooting. But it was nice to see Mello drilling some big shots, putting the three, the three gun to, to the head, and all that kind of stuff. That was fun. I'll also, sh- from that Grizzlies Blazers game as well, because I was following that one pretty closely. 
Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. had a huge game. I loved him coming out of Michigan State. Uh, he just like, he's kind of doing so that like what we kind of wish Lowry was. I don't know if people realize like how like good of a shooter Jaron Jackson Jr. has been this season. Uh, let me pull up his stats right now. He's averaging 17 points a game. He's still not very good at rebounding, and he, I know he gets into foul trouble a lot. But this year, for almost 40 percent from three on six and a half attempts per game. Again, that's basically what we're expecting Lowry to be at, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is doing that. He's obviously just got tremendous upside. He's still only 20 years old, and he had a great game in that first game. He also had a solid game. I know they lost again. The Grizzlies are kind of losing hold on that eight seed, but he, he had 21 more points in this loss to the Spurs today. He had a huge three to tie the game late before, I believe it was Dylan Brooks fouled DeMar DeRozan on a last-second shot, and the Spurs were able to get that win. But 21 points, eight of 13, shooting two of five from three. So shout-out to Jaron Jackson Jr., and shout-out to those guys in the Blazers. Anybody you've, you've uh, highlighted? Yeah, I'm glad you shouted out Jaron because I was a big guy on the Jaron Jackson is the best center in the 18 draft train. Uh, Of course, DeAndre Ayton was the first pick that year. I thought Jaron was better than him, better than Marvin Bagley, who was a big man than Carter. I love Jaron. And I got to say that I thought that Jaron's defense would be better. and, And it was like negative on the Raptor uh ratings this year i guess his offense was too but man jaron is such a nasty shooter and he's six foot eleven he's got some handles he can kind of create for himself a little bit uh and he is just like a relentless gunner from three it's awesome to see uh so that's great but the player i was gonna name is actually a veteran and that's paul george uh i watched the first game lakers clippers Paul George looked nasty in that game. He hit six threes. The Clippers lost late, of course. Uh, But I thought PG was everywhere. He dropped 30 points, had a bunch of steals. Uh, That looked like peak Paul George to me. And he followed it up uh, on Saturday against the Pelicans with 8 of 11 shooting from three, three more steals, 28 points. So he's averaging 29 points across the two games. And uh, I think that Paul George was not his best self for much of this regular season for the Clippers. Of course, he was hurt at the start of the year coming off shoulder stuff, right? Is he yeah. left Oklahoma city. Uh, but if this is the Paul George they're getting right now, man, are the Clippers going to be tough to beat? Because uh, I mean, him and Kawhi can just either one of those guys can just cook you one-on-one. And you know, I, I, I guess I do wonder like, do the Clippers have enough playmaking? Uh, like do they play cohesively yeah. enough? Do they play like individually or as a team? And then I wonder what they do in the middle. Like Noah's getting a lot of burn for them. Uh, I still think it's like a legitimate question of like who's going to be their crunch time center. Uh, and of course, they haven't had Harrell yet, but uh, Paul George looks awesome. So that was the player I was going to shout out. Yeah. I, and that, let's talk about the Clippers real quick here. It's like it, that first game against the Lakers, again, super competitive. Lakers went up big. Then the Clippers went up big. Lakers came back. We saw Anthony Davis kind of carry them. But I thought the fact that the Clippers only lost that game, whatever, right at the end, they, lost, they lose by two. They didn't box out LeBron. He gets an easy put back after his own miss. Guys could just kind of standing around there. But they did not have Lou Williams. You, you mentioned Harold. They didn't have Harold. So basically missing their best two bench guys. And we kind of saw that like Kuzma and Deion Waiters and the Lakers bench just, and I think Caruso destroyed the Clippers bench. And I mean, that'll happen when the Clippers are missing like the two, the two of the top six man of the year candidates. It would not surprise me if, if the, if Harold wins that this time around. Uh, but the fact that they, that they lost, that they lost the game only by two against the Lakers, the other top title contender in the West, probably a really good sign. And then they come out, as you mentioned, they absolutely just destroyed the Pelicans, Paul George going off. Uh, and they, they got Kawhi Leonard. Like I, like it, like who like I guess gun your head right now. Would you take the Lakers or Clippers in a series? I hope we. I sure hope we get that series. I, I I'm not. T- I I think I would still lean towards LeBron 
an AD, and I, I know the Clippers have the depth and they have two stars themselves. But who would you t- I, I, who would you take in that series? Clippers were my preseason title pick. My preseason title pick was Clippers Sixers, uh, and I want to stick with the Clippers because uh, I believed them since the preseason. But I'm gonna go Lakers. I mean, the LeBron AD two man game is just too good. LeBron is on another level, man. Like he didn't even play that good in that first game. I think he only averaged like he only scored 16 points. But defensively, he was everywhere. He totally dominated crunch time. So, yeah, I still think LeBron is uh, is probably going to lead the Lakers to a title. So, I know it's a. I would love to see the Bucks do it. I enjoy watching the Clippers, but I'm going LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah, I I think I would still lean them as well. You mentioned the Bucks; they're actually in the middle of a tight game right now against the Rockets. Obviously, a fun game. It's ninety to eighty nine going into the fourth quarter. The Bucks are leading. Giannis has thirty sixteen and seven in twenty four minutes uh, <laughs> going into the fourth quarter. I'm mean, just absolutely ridiculous. He had a huge first game as well in their exciting win over the Celtics. I know there was some controversy about the officiating in that, and the Celtics were pissed off, and Marcus Smart was mad, and Jalen Brown was mad. But I mean, just look, Giannis's stat lines are just absolutely goofy. He should win MVP. I know, like the the media hype machine for LeBron has has really picked up and like pushing LeBron for MVP. But I I think it's got to be Giannis. Uh, he's just not, his just numbers are absolutely silly. On um, the best team with the best record in the league, and they're ridiculously good. Yeah, I, and I hope they make it to the finals. If we get Bucks Lakers or Bucks Clippers. Hopefully, uh, th- that would be obviously amazing series. Uh, all, no disrespect to any of those other teams. You mentioned the defending champ Raptors. I don't think you could sleep on them. I would not put it past them for them to get back to the finals. The Celtics are right there as well. You mentioned the Heat as a possible dark horse team. You mentioned the Sixers. Uh, I'll bring the, I, I mentioned TJ Warren. TJ Warren absolutely went off on them to give him a special shout out. Career high 53 points. That's a super disappointing loss for the Sixers to come out. Uh, and they were talking all about, you know, like Embiid's healthy and Ben Simmons is healthy now. And to come out and to give up like 100, whatever, like 20 some points uh, to the to the Pacers who do not have DeMontis Sabonis, who Oladipo is obviously not quite 100%, 100% to get this absolutely torched by TJ Warren for 53 points. Super disappointing loss for the Sixers. Uh, just I, I just don't know what to make of them at all. Uh, I know we saw Ben Simmons shooting a few threes in like the scrimmage stuff, but I, he, I feel like when games actually matter, he just he just, just he gets sometimes just gets gun shy. Uh, but TJ TJ Warren just c- totally getting buckets. He's always he's kind of just been like a bucket getter his whole career. Obviously, he's never put up like huge stats, but he that's one thing he's always been able to do in the NBA. And he got traded. I think I think he was a cash consideration trade. I think the Suns traded him basically for nothing. Uh, to the Pacers, I think last offseason. Uh, and he's obviously been he's been really solid for them. The fact that the Pacers, I believe, are the five seed right now, uh, still fighting, even though they've had some injuries and the Oladipo thing. So, I don't think I don't know if I can really call the Pacers a dark horse at all. But I mean, shout out to them for fifty three points from TJ Warren and beating the Sixers. It's a really nice win for them. Yeah, I've always liked TJ Warren since he was back at NC State. His game has changed remarkably little while everyone else has basically uh, transformed their game to volume three point shooting who like sort of plays that hybrid wing position that TJ Warren does TJ Warren just like throws up garbage at the rim and it goes in <laughs> he's an absolutely incredible touch on floaters he's a really odd player who makes the league fun to watch so uh, happy to see that happen and uh, I think that about wraps it up for us Jason 
Uh, I got a few leftover thoughts here at the restart. Uh, the Nets and Wizards played today. Just awful. Just these, these, you look at these starting lineups for these two teams. The Wizards are starting like Rui, Troy Brown Jr., Isaac Bonga, Thomas Bryant, Shabazz Napier. Because no Bradley Beal, no Davis Bertans. Obviously, John Wall's been out all year. The Nets, obviously, don't have KD. They don't have Kyrie. They don't have Dinwiddie. Uh, they don't have DeAndre Jordan. So they're starting Lance Thomas, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Tyler Johnson, Karis LeVert. Uh, Karis LeVert put up 34 points today in, a, in this win over the Wizards, who basically probably ended the Wizards season. I think there's something like, I think there's six or seven games out right now. Uh, they could obviously still get back in, but I, I just can't see the really the Wizards winning many games in this bubble. So they're probably kind of finished, probably kind of locking in. Uh, those the final playoff spot would be the Nets and Magic, but it was kind of funny watching. It's like, why are these teams here? like the Wizards? The Kings got their ass beat, and the Kings have a bunch of like, injury problems. I think Bagley started, and they've gotten embarrassed to start at this time in the bubble. We got Harrison Barnes at minus 37 today against the Magic, who the Magic, I didn't realize that the Magic have the top offense in the NBA since the, in the post-All-Star break, and they've been absolutely flamed, flamethrowing so far. Maybe it's that home court advantage playing in Orlando. Uh, one bummer, though, for the Magic is that Jonathan Isaac, it looked like he might have torn his ACL. Really nasty injury. Obviously, he just came back from a long from a knee injury, he, he didn't have surgery, but he missed, like, I think since, I think it was January 1st, he comes back, he played in the, one of the scrimmage games, played the uh, Magic debut game, and today it looked like he tore his ACL, driving in the basket, non-contact injury, knee bent, weird way he went down right away, just obviously in a lot of pain. So it's a really tough loss with Jonathan Isaac. Uh, obviously, he's playing limited minutes because he's coming up was coming off that injury, but one of the better, already better defensive players in the NBA, possibly a future defensive player of the year candidate, developing offensive game. So there's a huge bummer for for him to tear that ACL. Uh, and then the one, I guess, one last thing, I was watching some of that that Mavs Rockets game, and I, I know I mentioned the Rockets here and the, playing the Bucks right now, but the Mavs Rockets from their opener and that final score and that went to overtime. The final score was like in the 150s. Uh, just absolutely just bonkers game. Uh, obviously, we know J- James Harden puts up huge numbers. And the Mav- the Mavs just have – the Mavs are a, just a super unique team. Obviously, they got Luka, Luka Doncic and Porzingis had a huge game. They have, like, base, I think close to, like, the best offense of all time, if not the best offense of all time in terms of uh, offensive rating. But they're also, like, dead last in the NBA when it comes to, like, clutch offensive rating. They go from – like first three quarters, like historically great offense. And then the fourth quarter, they're just prone to meltdowns. Luka can be kind of shoddy with his decision-making and his and his uh, shooting. We know his three-point shooting is not as good as you would think it is for how many points he puts up, but something about like 31%, 32%. And they just have major issues in crunch time. And we saw that again against the Rockets in just an absolutely crazy game. The Rockets got a late tip in on a missed free throw to send them in overtime, and the Rockets just blew the doors off them in the final quarter. So the Mavs will be interesting to watch because they have so much talent. They got Luka and Porzingis. They got some decent role players around them. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a pretty nice season. They have a great offense, just not when it matters. So I'm really curious to see, like, they're probably going to be the seventh seed, how far Luka and Porzingis can go and how, if they can improve at all on their crunch time. Well, they are playing right now as we record. They're up 11 in the third quarter against, against the Phoenix Suns, who are fighting for a playoff spot. So we'll see how that game turns out. Uh, do you have any, any leftover thoughts on anything else or anything that I just brought up there? I really just want to watch this Rockets Bucks game uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter now, and uh, I haven't seen either of these teams play yet in the restart. So th- I think the bubble's been great because, well, obviously, like you just hope it holds. You know what I yeah. mean? Like to this point, the virus hasn't entered the bubble, and it hasn't been a storyline in the bubble. I still think that the NBA's plan is mostly just hoping and praying. And you know, to this point, I do think the league deserves 
credit uh, for being able to pull it off. I don't know if we need to be going head over heels to say that like the NBA is saving the world or anything the way the <laughs> yeah, no. answers are. But uh, yeah, it, it has been fun. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see how this season finishes out. And I, re- I really just hope that they're able to do it and that they're not uh, the bubble doesn't get broken or that, you know, they don't have a huge outbreak issue the way the baseball has thus far. Right, I was going to say, at least, like you say, hoping and praying, I feel like at least they're doing a better job than Major League Baseball because MLB seems like it's just kind of a shit show and flying by the seat of their pants. Like, obviously, the NBA, they have a ton of rules. They have the bubble set up. Like they sent, Apparently, they sent out a reminder to teams today about like wearing masks and like being diligent on that because we've we've seen some, obviously, some like, like COVID truthers deniers whatever you want to call them like we, we had the dwight howard thing we had michael porter jr there was a picture of raptors guard terrence davis uh had like a mask with a hole in it and apparently on his instagram stories he was putting some goofy stuff out there so and then the, the league comes out today and said this this reminder about masks but it seems like most guys are taking it seriously uh, again, I, obviously there was like the lou williams strip club thing as well and actually that was one i totally forgot about this that was one kind of hilarious story that came out over this weekend was that one of the strippers at magic city apparently like in, gave an interview i think like the la times and like admitted that she gave lou williams a like socially distanced lap dance which is absolutely hilarious like i'm just trying to picture that and it, it's so funny but lou williams tried to claim that, like oh i i was in and out i just went for went there for the wings i'm sure a lot of people really didn't believe that and it turns out According to this 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 dancer at Magic City, that she gave Lou Williams lap dance, which is funny. But again, it seems like most of these guys are doing the right thing, taking it seriously, and the, the NBA has all these rules and precautions in place. I think they do deserve credit for what they have done. But again, there is so long to go. We still have months left in this thing. So much can happen, uh, and we just got to hope. I'll knock on knock on wood right now that they're going to finish this season because I think the basketball has been fun to watch so far. Uh, a lot of the high scoring has continued after the, that first day, those first two games, I think both games went under like basically since then it has just been scoring galore. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to watch a lot of competitive games. So that's been great. And obviously with mostly good teams here, there's a few bum teams, as I mentioned, but with most of these good teams here, uh, they've been just really mostly well played. I was worried about sloppiness. There's been some sloppiness. We saw it on opening night, but in turn, overall, the basketball has been fun to watch. Uh, it's, like you said, I, I just hope this thing continues and they're able to crown a champion uh, by the end of the season. So, yeah, I got. I think that's all for us. Are you good here? Yep. All right. As always, from us here to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, a shout out to the Blue Wire Network, Blue Wire Pods with Sports Back. Please go check out all the great pods all across the network. We're bringing in great talent as well. Again, we've got like Greg Olson on the team now, Ian Happ. Uh, just all these great, all these great podcasts, and all, with the NBA back, we have so many good NBA podcasts. So please go check all those out for us here at Cash Considerations. Uh, we're, we're brought to you by Bet Online, Deal Dash, and Manscape. Please, wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate and review us. Hit us up on Twitter. You guys know where to find us I'm at Bulls underscore J at SBN underscore Ricky. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Because again, we have, there's we have to, we do have the lottery coming up, and we'll probably talk some drafts up coming up here in the coming months, but. Uh, we won't have actual Bulls basketball to talk about for a long time. So as we try to fill this time in these coming months, we'll obviously talk about the NBA restart. But for, if there's any Bulls stuff you want us to talk about, please hit us up and let us know. So we'll talk to you guys next week for us at Cash Considerations. It's been Jason Ricky. Talk to you soon. Take it easy, guys.